Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, and unfortunately, Cody Roadcap could not be with us today for a scheduling conflict, but it's okay. One of the other amigos is still here, and that is Tyler Snyder. Tyler, how you doing today, buddy? Hey, I'm doing all right. I mean, we're missing out on Cody, but I think you and I can still fill the gap. Um, you know, I'm trying out a new setup location today for the podcast. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I got to show off some more of the Titans gear. I got the full-size Corey Davis helmet autographed, um, some gifts from some friends. I have the Snyder plaque uh, behind me from uh, Marcus D. from the First and Ten Club. He actually gave that to me, um, autographed. Derek Henry uh, sign over there. Guys, I got all kinds of autographed Titans gear, and I love it, but I think it'll be more fun to see what you guys have. So give us a shot of your man cave. Let us see some of your gear that you got in the basement. See if you can show me up. And if any of you guys have a garden gnome like I do over here, we'd like to see that too. But honestly, we've been teasing big news coming into these last few episodes, particularly like it's been a month and a half. And now, not only can you send us those pictures on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs, but there's a new home for the Couch GMs, and that would be thecouchgms.com. Guys, what? we are officially live on the web. <clears throat> you can send us in anything from the Get Involved page, and it has all of everything you need to know from articles from us to the podcast and videos itself all in one place. Please go check it out, thecouchgms.com. Tyler, what are your thoughts early on the site before we jump into this week's episode? Man, it's crazy. We're getting bigger. I don't know how. Um, some, but for some reason, people still like to listen to us. I don't know why, but hey, I enjoy it. I'm glad to have it. Uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to grow and, and see where this takes us. We thank all of you guys who have been listening since the beginning out there for helping us get to this point. And please keep telling your friends the more we couch GMs we find, the more fun that we have. But you're here for some NFL news and notes. So why don't we jump right into our news and notes segment here to start off the podcast. And first off, the number one story, I think for the next, I don't know, it could be a month, is going to be an Aaron Rodgers update. <laughs> so what we heard in this past week would be it seems like the reports of Rodgers being unhappy did not stem from Rodgers like we expected. They came from various media sources putting stuff together throughout the entire offseason. So who knows how much of a rip there actually is. The media does like to blow things out of proportion. Um, NFL schedule makers seem to believe that Rodgers is going to stay put, given they gave the Packers five primetime games from the schedule release yesterday. And the Packers did sign three quarterbacks to their roster this week. Two of them rookies and one of them, the amazing Blake Bortles. But I, they just needed arms for oh, camps yeah. because they only had two quarterbacks on their roster with Rodgers and Jordan Love. So Blake Bortles is going to be the starter, right, Tyler? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, even if Rodgers stays, Blake Bortles should be the starter. That's pretty obvious right there. You know, honestly, to give Blake Bortles some credit, I've said in the past that I think he is a joke of a starter. If you want to rely on him as your starter, you're screwed. However, I'm surprised that more teams haven't made a bid on him to, you know, be their backup. We've seen him lead the Jaguars to um, a playoff berth, one of the best Jaguars seasons they've ever had. Um, granted, they had an 
awesome defense around them, but we've still seen him be able to do what he needs to do to get him there. We've seen him still pull off some wins and some big games uh, as a starter, not your guy, but as a backup that you have to rely on, if your starter does go down, he's really not that bad of an option. So uh, I think this was a pretty good signing, even though on the Packers, he should be the third string. Cause I don't think Rogers is going anywhere or Jordan love. I think they're both staying. Jordan Love was actually the third quarterback most of last season. He wasn't active for every game, if I'm thinking correctly. That shouldn't be the case this year. You're right. He should be the number two. And Blake Bortles is the emergency insurance policy. But this, of course, just sent everybody in uproar because anything to do with signing quarterbacks when Aaron Rodgers is upset just makes everyone think, oh, he's definitely going to move. And I haven't changed my stance. I don't think Rodgers is going anywhere. Like Tyler said last week, I'd put a lot of money on Rodgers staying if they had that option in a betting app. So... (laughs) I don't see anything changing. And Couch GM Cody did tell us off the podcast that the Packers have been rumored to sign Blake Bortles since well before the draft, um, since early in the offseason. So this is not shocking news. The timing just doesn't look good, and the media is going to spin it to make it sound like Rodgers is gone. But don't buy into it, guys. Couch GM Cody himself said it. Um, But you know what? For not having Cody here, this is already more Packers talk than we need. I, I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and move it on to the biggest news in the world, uh, and that is Tim Tebow signs with the Jaguars. Uh, he's back. He, he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a tight end today. Did it. So, <laughs> you know, Tim Tebow's back. They said that. At his conditioning workout, they said he had the conditioning of an 18-year-old. He was in that good of shape. So, I mean, we'll see. I think it was a great signing by the Jaguars, personally. I'll spin to some baseball for a second here. Was he ever on the same roster as, like, Ichiro Suzuki or something? Like, how is he in the shape of an 18-year-old as a 30, I don't want to say 32-year-old? I think he's 32. Former quarterback and baseball player? (laughs) Like, he got some tips from somebody. No, you know what it is? And here's the secret. Anybody out there who wants to be a professional athlete like Tim Tebow and wants to still be in good shape by 32, here's what you do. When you play football in the National Football League, ride the bench like he did. And then when you go to baseball, ride the minor leagues bench like he did. (laughs) It's kind of hard to wear down your body when you're not playing as much. So that's how he has stayed in such great shape. But honestly... Shape or not, like I said, I don't think he's going to be the best tight end out there. I don't think you need to go snag him in the third round of your redraft league or pick him up in your dynasty league. But uh, the guy will be probably the best tight end on that team because they don't have one. And on top of that, he's going to sell tickets. The Jaguars, even when they've had their best seasons, have still had empty seats. I've gone to a game in Jacksonville on a primetime game and the opposing team filled up over 50% of the stands. Like, that's not good. That's not good. They're not selling tickets, but Tim Tebow is a guy that can sell tickets. People will pay just to be able to see him in person. So I think it was a great move by the Jaguars, and they're going to sell a lot of his jersey. So uh, great move by the Jaguars. I think that it was a uh, more of a fan ploy than an actual team ploy. But we'll see. Maybe he'll turn out to surprise us all. Yeah, interesting to say. I mean, I think he could make the roster because there's not much with him there at tight end. But the London Jaguars, we will see what they do. And they do have a game in London again this year. So why don't we move on here again to 
the if you remember back a few year, a few weeks ago, right before the draft, there was a quarterback trade moving Teddy Bridgewater to Denver. Well, recently there was a story that came out. Um, Teddy was on a podcast and he said that Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady did not practice red zone or two minute offenses and anything other than walkthroughs. And that is what he said didn't why that is why he said he didn't have any success in that offense that he didn't have the reps in practice that he needed do you think that this is actually true and do you are you concerned about the panthers if it is true i mean i don't think he would just go out there and say it unless there was some truth to it now what he said was they didn't practice red zone or two-minute offense enough he didn't say they didn't practice it he said they didn't practice it enough so when you say something like that that's more opinion based um i mean they could practice it once per practice and everybody could say you know what that's enough we got some work on it uh there's a lot to get through so it makes sense some people could say no we need to focus on it a lot more than that uh so that's not enough so i mean it's all opinion based there but i think there is some truth to it because Honestly, if you think back to last season, the Panthers really did kind of struggle in the red zone. Uh, Between the 20s, they were moving the ball like it was nothing, especially with the resurgence of Mike Davis. But uh, when they got to the red zone, they did kind of sputter a little bit. So I would not be surprised to see some truth to it. Yeah. And maybe if it's a situation like yours where they did practice it a couple of times and then all of a sudden everyone's like, yeah, you're good. As the quarterback signal caller, if you're not comfortable, you have to kind of go out there and be the leader and say it, I think. So that would if that was the case, I'm not this is all speculation. I feel like that's a little bit of a worry when it comes to thinking of Teddy as a leader. Yes, yes, I do think there is some issue to that. But at the same time, I don't think Teddy ever was a fit in Carolina like I thought it was a good fit when they went out and signed him but from the moment they signed him it seemed like they didn't want to trust him it seemed like they were looking for a replacement quarterback from the day he got there now it could be something with Teddy that we don't know that maybe you know in practice or in camp he's not the guy that we thought he is maybe he isn't enough of a leader maybe he's too quiet spoken to be a quarterback Maybe that's why they wanted to replace him. But something was off with him and that team. I would not be surprised to see if there was some bad blood uh, between him and some of the coaches, uh, which caused his ultimate pushing out of the team. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hopefully Teddy finds a home somewhere because I really do think he is a talented quarterback and deserves a starting job somewhere. Agreed, and we'll see if he can win the competition there in Denver. Uh, But crowded backfield alert. Carry on Johnson, who we mentioned got cut last week, was claimed off waivers by the Philadelphia Eagles. So now we have another backfield with about five running backs that could take carries. Miles Sanders should be the lead, but we don't even know how much he's going to get or who's even going to get carries behind him. Johnson was a former second round pick with a lot of hype, and I think the Eagles do intend on using him, but who knows how much. Does this hurt Miles Sanders value in your eyes, Tyler? I mean, I don't think it really does hurt Miles Sanders' value. Um, I think Miles Sanders has had competition in that backfield since he's been there uh, between Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and uh, Corey Clement when he was there. And um, I think that Sanders has always had a little bit of competition. I think he's always going to have some competition. I don't think the Eagles want to have that one true back anymore that's 
look, the LaShawn McCoy days are gone. I don't think they want to have a feature back that takes all the carries. I think they want to move to the same thing the rest of the league is doing and have more of a committee backfield. So Miles Sanders is one of those guys that his talent, you know you got to draft him high because you can get some good points out of him, but do not expect him to be the feature every down back. He will split. They wouldn't go out and get a guy like Carrion Johnson unless they wanted him to split. Um, but my question is actually less about uh, yeah, Miles Sanders and more about the other guys. So now you have Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Carrion Johnson, Jordan Howard. You have a fifth-round pick, Kenneth Gainwell, that you just drafted. Elijah Holyfield, who was one of the top running back prospects of last year. Well, I shouldn't say top prospect, but he was one of the guys that people were looking at, mainly because of his relation to Evander Holyfield. Um, you still have some other guys like Jason Huntley, um, Adrian Killens Jr., which he will most like. Those two will likely just be practice squad guys. But look, you got five, maybe six guys that could all arguably make your opening day roster. Do you think they're losing faith in some of your guys that, you know, we loved from the past, like Boston Scott? Um because I don't think they would go out and get Jordan Howard again and carry on Johnson if they really loved him. Um, which one of these guys do you think aren't going to make the cut? Um, I think there's actually a good chance they hold five on the roster. So the big five would actually stay because they did that back in 2017 and 2018. I think the carry on Johnson claim and the Jordan Howard signing fill a void that they had last season. Cause last season they went into the year basically with miles Sanders and Boston Scott. And that was it. So once miles Sanders went down with an injury, there was no running back on the roster that was over four foot two. So adding Jordan Howard back to the roster basically gives you that first and second down back to play when miles Sanders cannot. And then you still have the third down back with Boston Scott. Them drafting Gainwell makes me think they might have a little bit of a doubt in Boston Scott because they're both a similar niche you know passing down running back being a home run threat carry on Johnson I think is just a claim that they say we think carry on Johnson could be better than Jordan Howard and now that he's available we should go for it I would not be surprised to see a uh, battle between carry on Johnson and Jordan Howard in camp and see Whichever one does better makes the team. I could definitely see that. Um, that would be an interesting battle to me. It's both guys that used to be great and really kind of fell off and um, both trying to get their career back on track. But yeah, I don't know, George. I think all these signings are spelling the end for Boston Scott. I think it might be his time to leave the team, especially like you said. I mean, their draft pick, um, he is about the same type of running back. So this could mean the end of one of the hometown favorites. Boston Scott is very, very well loved between the Eagles fan bases. It'll be a sad day to see him go. Definitely. And stay tuned with us as the offseason progresses and training camp progresses. And we're going to have to see who the heck the handcuff is going to be in that backfield because you're going to want a handcuff for behind Miles Sanders. He normally misses a game or two at least a year. But quick update from our fun story last week. DK Metcalf did run this past weekend to try to qualify for the Olympics, but he did fail. He ran a 10.37. It's about 0.16 ish seconds slower than he needed to qualify for the Olympics. So he will be in training camp with Seattle, but 
Wanted to just keep you guys updated there because we did mention it last week. But the big story hey guys, of the week seemed to be if you haven't the schedule seen this finally video, released. Hold on, George. Guys, if you haven't seen this video of DK Metcalf running this 100-meter dash, you need to go out and look at it. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen because... All right, look, have you ever played the old Madden games where you used to be able to create your own player and you can make him as crazy big as you wanted? That's what this looks like. Like, everybody that's running this 100-meter dash is a, like, Tyreek Hill build, small, like, short, scrawny, quick kind of person. And then you just have DK Metcalf in there with all these guys, and he looks like an absolute behemoth. And it is so funny to watch him running next to these guys. It looks like a glitch or those old Madden games where your guy is 10 times bigger than everybody else for no good reason. It is super funny guys. We will, uh, we'll find a link to it and we'll share it on our social media, but, uh, you have to see this video. It's hilarious. And I think that's even more of a Testament to him to be that size and be able to move that fast. He wasn't even the slowest in his race. He was somewhere around mid pack. So impressive to be able to move that way at that size. I'll have to go check that out as well. I, mean, I didn't even notice that one before. So uh, big news of the week was the schedule release. And I thought it'd be fun before we jump into our quarterback rankings for the day. Tyler, give me a couple of games you're looking forward to in the, in the schedule this season. Well, George, um, as a Titans fan, I am looking forward to week one. It's the Titans at the Cardinals, and we will get to see A.J. Brown matching up one-on-one with Malcolm Butler. And uh, after losing Malcolm Butler this offseason, he was one of our best players last year. Seeing that matchup is going to be really exciting. Um, but moving on from my fandom, there are definitely some big games this year that are Looking exciting, but I'm actually going to look at one of the games that if you told me last year that this is going to be one of my favorite games, I would have laughed in your face. Uh, And that is the Jaguars at the Jets in week 16. Now, I understand that sounds like a terrible matchup that nobody wants to watch, but we will get to see Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. They both will have pretty much a full season under their belt by that point. They should should be on a pretty good track with their team. And we'll get to see them face off one-on-one and see who really deserved to be that number one overall pick. It's going to be a great battle. Um, One of the other games I'm looking at is the Chargers and Bengals. I mean, I'm going to have to look up what week that is. I did not write that down. But that is the battle of the sophomore quarterbacks that impressed last year. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, um, Basically, my favorite matchups this year are the quarterback matchups. So that one's going to be really exciting to watch. How about you, George? What are you looking forward to? Uh, There was a couple I couldn't decide upon. So I'm going to throw three out there like you did. And I'll start off with my quarterback matchup, which would be week seven. We got the reuniting of Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, Lions at Rams. Be interesting to see how that one goes. And I feel like it's almost a must win for Sean McVay to trade away the high draft pick quarterback, get rid of more first round picks. If he goes in there then and loses to the Lions with Jared Goff, that's going to look awful. So that game means more than just quarterbacks. We need something for Sean McVay as well. Um, Traditional juggernaut matchup, Bills Chiefs in week five. I think that's going to be a big game. Hopefully high scoring. I want to see another one of those crazy um, Chiefs versus Rams games from a few years ago that ended in the 50s for both teams like that <laughs> 40s I should say it was but still it should have been 50s <laughs> um no it was 50s, and then it was 50s. they both broke 50s. it was 50s 
Oh, yes. I can go yes. back and watch it again. Game that's that's two teams break fifty. That's one game I can watch over and over and over again. And I, I normally don't like watching replays of games, but that is the most entertaining NFL game I have ever seen. Um, and then one more has kind of been a rivalry brewing over the last how many years. And this is assuming that two disgruntled quarterbacks this offseason stay put. And that would be Seahawks at Packers. Anything from the fail Mary to the onside kick in the playoffs. Seahawks and Packers have had some instant classic games over the last five to seven years. And it seems like whenever these two get together, something weird happens. So looking forward to week 10, seeing another meeting between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And it is worth mentioning. I mean, we're not a big fan of the guy or the team, but it is worth mentioning that Tom Brady will return to Foxborough this year and face the Patriots in their home stadium. It is his return. So that's another game to watch for this year. But um, let us know what your favorite matchups are for this year. What matchups are you looking forward to? I know we say this a lot, guys, but you got to get involved. It's Trust me, it's a lot more fun when you talk to us. We talk back, talk a little smack. Um, tell us how this podcast is way better or way worse without Cody here. Feel free to say it, but definitely get involved. Let us know what matchups you're looking forward to. Um, but George, I think it's time to move on to some fantasy football rankings. Man, it feels like it's so far away, but... I am excited for fantasy football to get started, and we're going to start it off with our top 20 quarterbacks. Now, me, you, and Cody all gave our rankings for our top 20. We have a cons uh, consensus top 20 rankings as a podcast that we are going to release, but you know, just because it's our consensus rankings doesn't mean we agree with it 100%, so probably going to have some arguments in here on why certain quarterbacks are ranked higher than others but George why don't you go ahead and start us off with our top quarterbacks number one is not too shocking it's Patrick Mahomes what? <laughs> especially especially since they rebuilt that offensive line to basically put a brick wall in front of him if he can go back there, do the Macarena and throw a no look pass to Travis Kelsey every single play, there's no doubt he's going to be the number one quarterback. And all three of us have him at number one on our boards. Guys, quarterback is a position you can find some talent at deep. You'll find that out today when we go over our rankings. Uh, closer to draft time, we are going to release some videos with some advice for your draft, um, some tutorials for if you're new to drafting and some just some extra advice for those who are experienced. And one of the biggest advice pieces I can say is don't go drafting Patrick Mahomes in the top three overall picks. I see it every year in drafts. Uh, yes, he's amazing. Yes, he's better than all the other quarterbacks. And that's consensus here. But don't go drafting him in your first three overall picks. It's not a good idea. You can find another quarterback to fill in instead of wasting that pick that high. Uh, just a little piece of advice there while we go over Mahomes. Anyway, but moving on to our number two guy, this is consensus across the board. All three of us have ranked this guy number two. He had a huge, huge resurgence last year. He was pretty good. His rookie year fell off a little bit sophomore, but last year he was fantastic, and that is Josh Allen of the Bills. I mean, hugely in part of 
Stefan Diggs being signed to the Bills. He had his go-to dominant weapon, but I mean, he was hitting everybody. You saw Cole Beasley looked like a real wide receiver. Uh, you had Gabriel Davis coming out of nowhere and making a name for himself. Uh, Josh Allen also has great mobile ability, which is not something we always talk about with him. Of course, he has the arm strength. He can hit the deep ball, but he does have great mobile ability. He can run, which is always extra fantasy points. So Josh Allen, number two. Nothing else I could say there about Josh Allen. Moving on to number three, the first pick we do not have consensus, and that would be Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you can see that there's a little bit of a push for quarterbacks that are mobile because you just get more points in fantasy football when quarterback can run for yards and run for touchdowns as opposed to passing. But Tyler and I both have have him at pick at our third in our rankings. Cody has him fourth, so not really much of a fall there. I mean, there's not much to say about him other than he's the most electric rushing quarterback in the league, and he showed it last year by putting up one of the more consistent and amazing first halves and the second half, he had a little bit of a bumpy road, but they got that offense even better now. So we'll see what happens. I mean, if you think about it, when you think about mobile quarterback, first person, we all think of Lamar Jackson. So if you want to compare him just head to head against Lamar Jackson, uh, mobility, I think he's right up there with Lamar. Lamar does have some fancier moves that he can make. He does usually have some bigger rushing games. But Kyler Murray, if I'm correct, actually outrushed him last year, I believe. I mean, don't mm-hmm. hold me to that. Um, on top of that, then you look at um, who has the better arm. And, you know, we could argue this all day, but I'm pretty sure we would both agree Kyler Murray has the more consistent arm. Um, who is in a more pass-happy offense? Cardinals. Uh, Ravens have shown that they want to run the ball. Uh, if you look at weapons, Hollywood Brown compared to DeAndre Hopkins, get that out of here. No, it's not even a question. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the better weapon. I think the Cardinals' all-around weapons are better than the Ravens. So, you know, it's just, for me, it's an obvious pick of Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson. So to double-check you here, Lamar Jackson did rush for more yards. He was the only quarterback to break a thousand. Kyler had eight nineteen, but Kyler okay. had eleven touchdowns to Lamar's seven. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. He had more rushing points despite less rushing yards. Got it. Mm-hmm. That and on top of that, throwing for almost a thousand more or about a thousand more yards put him fairly higher than Lamar Jackson in last year's fantasy points. But number four. It is not quite Lamar Jackson yet. We're going to go with all reliable MVP Aaron Rodgers at number four. He was fifth on Cody's board, sixth on Tyler's, and I was the most bullish on Aaron Rodgers at at fourth. So I just don't think there's anything wrong with going with all reliable. Um, he had a little bit of a couple, a couple of down years the last. It was two years, and then last year was an MVP, and I don't see him really falling off too much from that. So I think that's just a safe pick there at number four. Absolutely. Uh, When it comes to my rankings, you're going to notice that my early quarterbacks are a lot more of the safe guys that you can go with, the consistent guys you know you're going to get points from. Um, And my later guys are more of the, you know, high ceiling. Uh, I don't like going safe with my backup quarterback because it's a backup quarterback. Might as well go for that guy that could break out and be the next big thing. I remember picking up uh, Patrick Mahomes off of free agency in week one back uh, 
before he became a big thing. Like you never know who could be the next big thing. Um, Lamar Jackson was a free agent before he became big. Um, but when you're talking top quarterback, your starter, having consistent points that you know you can rely on week to week is something that's just, you know, you can't really argue with it. It's nice to be able to just put that guy in your quarterback spot and not have to worry about it. Um, so that's why Aaron Rodgers is a great pick here. But moving on, we do have <clears throat> a more high-risk, high-reward guy at number five, and that is Lamar Jackson. He is ranked number five on our consensus boards, mainly because of Cody ranking him as his third overall quarterback. Um, I had him as my eighth. I am not high on him. Everybody knows I'm not high on him. George had him at five. Uh, the reason why I have him so low, I know I've been talking for a while, so bear with me. Um, the reason why I have him so low is Lamar Jackson is not as consistent as these other quarterbacks. Now, I know exactly what you can get from Lamar Jackson. I know that he can rush for 150 yards, have two rushing touchdowns, have a passing touchdown or two, have some decent yards, and have a massive game and win you the week single-handedly. I know that. At the same time, I also know he can go out there, fall behind early in a game because he's facing a team like, uh, you know, the Chiefs in week two. Uh, he's can go out there, face a team like that, fall behind early, have to rely on his arm. And when he has to rely on his arm, not when he wants to, when he has to rely on his arm, he has struggled. He is still yet to prove that he can win games solely based off of his arm. And that makes him inconsistent. He can be the guy that goes out there, gets you 30, 40 points, and wins you the week. He could be the guy that goes out there and only gives you five, and you lose because of it. Um, like I said, when we're talking about early quarterbacks, I like consistency, a guy you don't have to worry about, a guy you don't have to match up watch, and I don't think Lamar Jackson is that guy. I could see that. I mean, I have Lamar Jackson at number five, mostly because I tend to lean quarterbacks with that rushing ability, which is what gave him a bump over, say, our next guy, which we number six is Dak Prescott. Um, and I mean, part of that's Dak coming off of the injury as well. But I think just because of that ability to run with the ball and get so many extra points, that's why I kind of lean him a little bit higher. But you have Dak Prescott at number four. So do you want to explain that a little bit? I mean, are you not worried about the injury at all? I wouldn't say not worried about it at all, but I mean, there's always a little bit of that fear. There's a chance that he couldn't even miss week one, honestly, because of that leg injury being so bad. But um, I mean, I guess part of it is after seeing Alex Smith come back from what he did and still be able to not only play but run in games take hits and be fine medicine has come so far that I try not to focus too much on just injuries especially a leg injury to a quarterback that's not deemed a mobile quarterback yes Dak Prescott can run he can get you those points with his legs but he is not the guy we think about being mobile like a Lamar Jackson if Lamar would have had the leg injury that Dak Prescott did last year you better believe Lamar's falling on the boards same with Kyler Murray same thing but Dak Prescott, we saw what he did last year when he was able to play. He can put up points. They finally focused on the offensive line a little bit, maybe give the guy some protection. I think that the offensive line has gotten a lot better, but, I mean, he's got C.D. Lamb. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Zeke. Um, he'll have Blake Jarwin back, which, you know, some people are higher on him than others, but the guy has weapons, and 
they haven't focused on the defense enough that he's going to be able to just, you know, take it easy, run the ball the whole game. He's still going to have to throw because that defense is still not where it needs to be. So anytime you have a quarterback that's going to have to throw that much, I think he's going to be higher up. Dak Prescott can get it done. Um, and I think he will. I, that's why I have Dak Prescott four. Can totally agree with that with Dak Prescott. I have him at number six, and Cody did as well. So we all like Dak Prescott as a solid starting fantasy quarterback. Moving on, then pick number or ranking number seven, we have another guy that Tyler is pretty bullish on here, actually. And it's a guy that I'm kind of shying, shying away from because he hurt me a little bit last year. And uh, I, I don't advise this <laughs> do not play fantasy with emotions. Because it can come back and hurt you. Tyler's actually a good example of that as well. Getting hurt with Alvin Kamara last year. Two years ago, he struggled. And he passed on him. Let him go all the way down to pick 12 in our uh, league of record. And he came back to haunt us all. <laughs> but that'd be Russell Wilson. Cody has him at number seven. Tyler at five. And I have him down at eight. So it's another quarterback with some mobile ability. But he doesn't use it as much anymore in this point of his career. He's a little bit more of a passer, and he's got weapons around him with DK, Lockett. I think he's a solid starting quarterback as well, and you can't really look at last year and how he did hurt some of us because he had a really poor second half. I think Seattle's going to turn it back around and be fine. <laughs> he just hurts me a little bit when I talk about him. Guys, Hi, as always, we have a... Uh... <laughs> Special guest appearance from Lucy. Um, she's always got to be here. She's the most loving cat I've ever seen in my life. So expect her on the podcast quite a few times. Um, going back to your point about not taking Kamara, did come back to haunt us. I mean, that is true. Although I did pick Derrick Henry, who stiff-armed me all the way to a championship. So <sighs> just going to throw that one out there real quick. Uh, but yeah, I like Russell Wilson a lot. I mean, he's got the mobile ability. He's got the arm. He's got the weapons in Lockett and DK. Um, and the thing is, Russell Wilson, every time we talk about him, we say Russell Wilson has to win the game himself. It's never, oh, the running game was so good that they won. It's not the defense is so good that they won. It's always Russell Wilson's going to have to go out there and just do it. Um, even though he's never been nominated for an MVP, that's crazy. Um, so I like Russell Wilson a lot. He's another one of those safe, consistent guys that, you know, week to week, he is going to put up big points. Um, he's a guy that if you draft and you throw him in your starting quarterback spot, you're not going to have to worry. Honestly, you'll have a good quarterback all year long, um, which makes us move on to our next guy, which is someone that we're all pretty even on ranking wise. Cody has him at eight. Me and you have him at seven. And that is. Justin Herbert of the Chargers. Herbert came out last year. He wasn't supposed to be the starter. He wasn't one of the rookie quarterbacks that we were even talking about. Honestly, we were talking about all the big quarterbacks, and he was not one of the ones in the conversation. But after a doctor decided to stab Tyrod Taylor in the lungs, um, Justin Herbert got the start, and he ran away with the job. We were waiting for a little bit of that, uh, you know, the rookie mistakes that cause a quarterback to fall off after the hot start, but it really never happened. He really was hot all year long, made great throws, looked confident in the pocket. Uh, they didn't think he was going to be a good leader. He took over as a great leader. Uh, and I think he's going to be just as good this year, especially now that he'll have the off season with the starters under his belt. I think he'll actually be even better. So 
Justin Herbert could be a great uh, at number eight on your quarterback board. He could be a great quarterback snag. I mean, there's always the outside chance that he has a top five quarterback year, um, but I don't think there's much doubt in my mind he's top 10. So great snag there at number eight. And I think we're going to go on a bit of a run of sophomore quarterbacks here. Number nine on the board, another quarterback with some rushing potential, and that'd be Jalen Hurts. Cody has him at nine. Tyler has him at 10. I also have him at nine. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say other than he came into games last year in Philly. And not only did he spark the offense, which you would obviously hope happen again if you take him as your starting quarterback, but he was running for 100 yard games more than once. So if you're going to go out there and get your starting quarterback to get you an average of 60 rushing yards a game and get a rushing touchdown most games, of course, he's going to be in QB one territory just because of those points not even saying if he can throw for 250 or 300 yards on top of it yeah Jalen Hurts definitely has that big potential he has honestly top five potential if he can hit the way that he should if he can get those legs running if he can have that good hookup with Devontae Smith that he had in college um if you know one of those other receivers can actually step up and take Like if Jalen Rager can be that first round guy that he's supposed to be. uh, Yeah, he definitely has that potential to be a good quarterback. My issue is I don't trust him is my biggest thing. Uh, Another good thing about him is he is going to be on a team that's probably going to be losing in a lot of games. So he's probably going to throw a lot. But I just I don't trust the guy. Uh, He's not Teddy Bridgewater, but he reminds me of Teddy Bridgewater uh, based off our earlier conversation because he's a guy that he became the starter. He did well as the starter, won some games, and it looked like the team was going to back him. They're like, yeah, he's our quarterback. By the way, can we trade up to get another quarterback? By the way, is there any any free agents out there? Hey, Rodgers, you're available, right? Like, Anytime you say he's our starter and then go looking for backup options immediately to replace him, it just sketches me out. And if he doesn't have the full trust of the team on his back, I think he's going to struggle. And I think that was a big reason for Carson Wentz's demise. So that's why... I'm just not sold on Jalen Hurts yet. I got to see what he does this year before I go drafting him. Let me just say before we move on from that, like you did see the demise of Carson Wentz once they put a quarterback with the ability to replace him on that roster. There is no quarterback with the ability to replace him on that roster. Joe Flacco Flacco is about 10 years past his prime. (laughs) Maybe not 10. I think he did win a Super Bowl about nine years ago, but even in his prime, He was not the greatest quarterback. He was an adequate starting quarterback. So there's no one on the roster that can replace Jalen Hurts today and be like, oh, I'm the guy. So even if you can say, yeah, they might be looking for a replacement, he's got basically a full year ahead of him of being able to show something on tape that makes him the guy for years to come. So there might be a little bit of a drive there as well. But the other sophomore quarterback that we talked about Someone that Tyler has ranked higher than Jalen Hurts at at nine. I have him at 10. Cody Alloway down at 14 is Joe Burrow coming off of an ACL and going right along with what he said. He's not worried about previous injuries. Tyler's not afraid to put Joe Burrow in the top 10. I'm not either just because Justin Herbert might have looked like the most polished rookie quarterback last year. Joe Burrow was 1B right there. And he got even more weapons now with Jamar Chase reuniting with him. So I I don't see any reason to 
be scared about Joe Burrow, especially and at least until we hear news that he wouldn't start the season because of his ACL tear. But I haven't heard anything like that. It seems like he's going to be ready for day one. And look, our rankings are all over the board on certain guys. This is one of them. I would love to have Cody here and find out why he has him ranked all the way down at 14. Um, But a big reason I have certain guys ranked higher than others is weapons. And Joe Burrow has weapons. He just got um, Jamar Chase in the draft. uh, So he got that top wide receiver. Uh, He has um, Tyler Boyd out there. And he still has Joe Mixon, the great receiving back. Like Joe Burrow has the weapons and he did more with less last year. So I think that Burrow is going to come out and I think he is going to absolutely shine. I think he's going to be playing with a fire under his belly because of the fact that he wasn't able to complete that awesome rookie year that he started last year. Plus, they addressed the offensive line. Last year, he did really well. He was a startable fantasy quarterback and he was running for his life on every play. Because that line was that bad. And now this year, they finally addressed some of the offensive line issues. He's going to be able to, um, you know, have a little bit of security, have a little bit of time in the pocket to make his throws. I think that he's going to take a step forward, be even better than last year. I think he could be a great late quarterback snag. I think the only reason I could come up with that Cody would put him all the way down at 14 would have to be because of the offensive line and because it was so bad last year, you can ask, did they do enough? Should they have taken Penny Swell instead of Jamar Chase in the first round of the draft? Time will tell, but I think Joe Burrow is going to be good regardless. Number 11, a man that we all love to hate, and a man that Cody seems to hate less than the other two of us, and that would be Tom Brady down there in Tampa Bay. Cody has him in 10, at 10 on his board. Tyler 12, me 13. Is is father time going to eventually catch up with him like or is he just going to be good until he finally decides to hang up the cleats because he just wants to? I think father time catches up with him in certain games. Uh, There's games that we've seen him light it up um, and there's games we've seen him absolutely just sputter Um, last year against the Saints, both regular season games. Father Time was there Uh, in his final season with the Patriots. We thought he might hang up the cleats because really he didn't have it all year long. Um, A big reason why he's still this high to me when I don't think he's as good as he used to be. I know he won a Super Bowl. Don't get me started on that, but he still has ridiculous weapons. He has one of the best defenses in the league, so he doesn't really have to worry about that front, but as far as weapons, like he has everybody he played with last year. He has Mike Evans. He has Tyler Johnson, the rookie that looks really good. Chris Godwin. Um, like he has guys to throw to. He doesn't have to worry about. Um, so because of that, he's still going to put up points at the same time. You got to think they do have probably the best defense in the league. With that being said, they might not need as many points in games. Uh, They might be able to rely a lot heavier on the run game this year, uh, which could make them not throw the ball as much. Tom Brady's not going to get as many points, but I do really think that father time's going to catch up eventually. He's, I don't think he has the arm strength he used to have. He's not going to get those big plays as much anymore. Um, I don't know. I just never have faith in Tom Brady. 
I mean, he's shown consistency throughout his career. I agree with you. We're going to see if the defense does contribute to him having some games where he scores less points because they win 28 to nothing because of basically the running game. We'll see. But that wasn't the case last year too much. So, I mean, I don't want to speculate that it will be this year. Now, speaking of weapons, Matt Ryan, there, there's weapons. (laughs) And he's number 12 on our board, 13 on Cody, 11 for Tyler. I am at 12. If he cannot succeed at this point in his career with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, I don't know what he needs. He needs to retire is what needs to happen. So I just, you have to take him at 12. He might end up being a top 10 quarterback because of defenses not being able to cover all of those assets. And him just being able to toss the ball around the yard to whoever's not double covered. So, like, you got to take him here at 12. He has a chance that if one of those top 10, you know, just doesn't have a year, he could end up being a weekly starting quarterback like he was back earlier in his career, in my mind. So that'd be a value at 12, and I I just, I like it. I like what they put around him. Absolutely. And, you know, we have a different style of offense than the other types of offenses that have been breaking out recently. You know, I go back to the Titans all the time because I know them better than all the other teams. But like, look at the Titans last year. It was if you cover AJ Brown, Corey Davis is open. If you cover Corey Davis, AJ Brown's open. If you find a way to cover both of them, Derrick Henry's going to run all over you. Now the Atlanta offense doesn't exactly have that. They have, if you cover Julio, Calvin Ridley's open. If you cover Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts is going to be open. If you cover all three of them, they don't have the run game to really run all over you. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to be able to cover all three of them. And honestly, if you cover all three of them, then you're going to see guys like Russell Gage come out of nowhere again and really impress. And I think this team really can't rely on the run game as much as other teams. And I don't think they want to. I think they want to throw it all over the yard. So um, the Falcons defense also something to keep in mind. It's terrible. It's not a good defense. They did not do enough on defense to make them decent. Uh, That defense allowed them to lose plenty of games last year. We remember Dak Prescott against the Falcons losing big and coming back and winning because that defense fell apart. And anytime you have a team with a bad defense giving up points, you need the quarterback to keep throwing to keep them in the game. So that's why Matt Ryan could be a really, really good late round quarterback this year. I'm going to go on to this rant next week when we talk about running backs, but I hate the blatant disrespect for Mike Davis. (laughs) Um, But really any team with that bad of a defense, but that good of an offense is a team you want to own pieces of in fantasy, because like you said, there's just going to be points galore. So we're, I'm sure we're going to be high on Falcons on a couple other positions. I'm going to be higher on Mike Davis than some other people maybe, but we'll see what happens there. If you're ready for a debate, Here's your guy, because we have one person in this room that does not like this guy and one person that does. That's Matthew Stafford. Cody and I have him at 11th on our boards and Tyler all the way down at 16. Now, I remember back to earlier in his career when he had weapons like Calvin Johnson. Matt Stafford was a perennial top five, top seven fantasy quarterback. But the fa- the Lions could never put anything around him to really make him a big, you know, get into the big game, get into the playoffs, win a playoff game even. I think he played in one, maybe two. 
Now you put him with the genius Sean McVay with better weapons around him than he's had besides maybe Calvin Johnson. But like the depth of those weapons is what it is. Like I argued a few weeks ago that they had Calvin Johnson, and nothing else. The only thing that made that work is Calvin Johnson can catch a ball between three guys. Now you had Kenny Galladay and I mean, Marvin Jones is good. I like Marvin Jones, but there's still nothing else other than that. Now you're looking at an offense that has plenty of depth at running back, plenty of depth at wide receiver. He's never played with this kind of an offense with a guy who is as offensive minded of a coach as Sean McVay. I think Matt Stafford has his breakout potential to be a top 10 starting quarterback in the league. And the Rams should be better with him than Jared Goff. Now go ahead and present your counterpoint because I know you've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's certain players in fantasy that you're just not going to trust, you're not going to like, and you're going to avoid. And Matt Stafford is definitely that guy for me. I mean, yes, Matt Stafford has had some good years. Um, he has had some consistency. But at the same time, Matt Stafford, to me, has never, ever been great. He's always just been average or good. Now, we could argue all day about this, and I know there's some of our listeners that love Matt Stafford and are going to argue with me about this. That's fine. I'm ready for it. But he has always been painfully above average. And it's just when you have guys like Kenny Galladay and Calvin Johnson and guys like that to throw to and no disrespect to Marvin Jones, honestly, like the dude has put up points in the past. Uh, He is able to be a very consistent wide receiver who, even though he doesn't have the speed, always seems to be open. So you have guys like that and you're still average. You're still just blah. Matt Stafford is always disappointing to me. I feel like you throw him in your starting lineup and you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about this guy. He's definitely going to put up points. And he's like, ah, 12. Like, who wants 12? Who wants 15 points from your starting quarterback? You want that guy that's going to get you 20, that's going to get you 25 points. Like, oh boy, don't worry, I'm going to win this week. Matt Stafford got me 13 points. Like, come on. Matt Stafford is so blah, in my opinion. And I still don't believe, I've had this argument with people before, but I still don't believe he's that much better than Jared Goff. I think talent-wise, Jared Goff is right there with him. I mean, Jared Goff wasn't a second-round quarterback who had a good flashy year, and uh, that's why he had some talk. Like, Jared Goff was a top quarterback, the number one overall quarterback. Like, he came into the league with high expectations, hit those expectations. Um, We just talked about the game earlier, the Chiefs and Rams, like, Who was the quarterback of the Rams that was able to keep head-to-head fire with the Chiefs? Jared Goff. He was the one that was able to do it. And I'm pretty sure the Rams won that game too, 53-50. to Like, Goff had that ability. He had that high power that I haven't seen from Matt Stafford. And yet, Jared Goff isn't a startable quarterback. He wasn't a startable quarterback last year. Goff was a guy who had Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and he did put up some points, and we still did not even want to roster Jared Goff. So how am I supposed to believe that a quarterback that, even if he is better, not that much better than Goff, is going to step in and suddenly be way better than a guy we couldn't even roster last year? I don't believe it. I have him all the way down to 16. I don't trust Matt Stafford one bit. I like the fire we got there in that, but I'm going to leave this one open to the fans the rest of the way then. If anybody has any hits on Tyler for arguing Jared Goff, I want to hear them. 
throw them on our social media. Bring it. Send it to us for our website. Do do whatever you got to do. Number 14 is a lot more boring. I'm sorry. There's not going to be anyone oh. that's as exciting oh. as that argument, I'm sure. <laughs> Meaning we're all pretty consensus on him, and that's Ryan Tannehill, Titans quarterback saying, at number 14. <laughs> <laughs> Cody has him at 15. Tyler has him at 13. I have him at 14. Not that he's a boring quarterback. He was a very consistent borderline top 10 quarterback in fantasy last year. And he does have a little bit of a question mark at wide receiver now after AJ Brown because they've got Josh Reynolds and no one else that we would know the name of basically after that. Um, But they still have that offense run through Derrick Henry. So defense is having to put an extra man in the box. Hopefully will help the wide receiver one and two and that offense still come open. And any tight ends who may be relevant that I know you like talking about the man, the Ferks, the legend, Anthony Ferkser. The Ferkser. Yeah, Tannehill, I would have had him ranked higher if he still had the weapons he had last year. Um, like you said, he was super consistent last year. He put up big points, and you really can't take his mobile ability away from him. You don't think of Tannehill as a mobile quarterback, but... Um, I mean, while I'm talking, feel free to look up his rushing stats last year. He had quite a few rushing touchdowns. Um, but the dude, every time we get close to the end zone, you think, oh, Derrick Henry's going to run it in or Tannehill's just going to dump it off to A.J. Brown. But he didn't. He ran it in a lot. Did his air tanny, almost tore his ACL on one of them. Uh, but he was great in the red zone with that rushing ability. He does lack some weapons right now. I don't expect you to know this guy, but Nick Westbrook Akinney is supposed to be the number two on the team. He's shown some flashes last year. He's supposed to be the next big thing that was groomed in the Titans organization uh, that should come out of nowhere. We'll see if that actually hits. Uh, we are lacking at tight end as well. Um, you have Ferkser and Jeff Swaim, and that is it. Don't have that guy like Janu, but really Janu didn't do that much for us last year. Tannehill still put up the points. So Tannehill is a guy that you should be able to just – um, you know, lean on. You should be able to throw him in your starting lineup if your starter gets hurt. I don't recommend drafting him as your number one in fantasy. I do draft. I would draft him as your number two and feel confident that if your number one goes down, you have a guy that can fill in nicely. Um, but yeah, he is kind of boring for fantasy. He is just a guy that's going to be good. Keep on your bench unless you really need him for bye weeks or injuries. Definitely. Um, and noting about his stats, he only threw seven interceptions last year, so he does take care of the ball and avoid those negatives in fantasy. His rushing yards were average. He was around people like Carson Wentz and Justin Herbert, but his rushing touchdowns, he put in seven, which is up there with the ranks of Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Taysom Hill. So that the rushing stats are a good little boost to him. He also, it is noted that fantasy points per game he ranked 12th. So right around that borderline quarterback one that I said. So I think it's pretty safe to say he could be a solid QB two If you have an injury, if you need somebody to fill in for a couple of weeks or just even a bye week fill in, Tannehill is a good price at number 14 on our board. Why don't we move on, though, to number 15? And that would be Baker Mayfield, Cleveland's quarterback. Cody likes Baker Mayfield a All lot, but I think here. that's just because... I think that's just because he seems to be very high on Cleveland this year. He likes what they put together, bringing back a lot of the starters from that team last year. He has a mobile up at number 12, Tyler at 17, me at 15. It's a little bit more consistent there. Um, why do you have him as the lowest of the three, Tyler? What are your thoughts on Baker? 
you know, I actually really like Baker a lot. Uh, Baker's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Uh, the issue is consistency. Again, um, plus, the big reason why I have Baker so low is the ru- the running backs on this team. Yes, they can catch passes. They can get you the uh, receiving stats. But if Cleveland gets in the red zone, they're going to want to give it to Nick Chubb. They're going to want to give it to Kareem Hunt. And anytime you get down there and you have those guys that are taking the ball, which, again, I don't blame them for doing that, uh, that's going to take away the stats from the quarterback, which we've seen games last year where Baker Mayfield put up like 300 yards, no passing touchdowns, uh, and Chubb would have three or four because he's just that good. Uh, And so is Kareem Hunt. So that's the only reason why I have him so low. If he can start throwing more of the touchdowns rather than rushing them. I think that Baker Mayfield could shoot all the way up into my top 10. Um, I do think he has that talent ability. He does have those weapons. Um, But yeah, again, I just think Chubb takes away too many of the touchdowns, and that's why I have um, Baker all the way down here. Can definitely agree with that, but that offense has potential, like we said, with bringing everybody back and already being solid last year. Adding in Odell, which it's actually worth noting, Baker played better statistically without Odell than with. But we'll see if that changes this year. Number 16 on our board, Trevor Lawrence. First rookie quarterback to pop up on here. Uh, Cody had him all the way down at 19. I had him at 17. Tyler up at 14. So I can definitely see there's always a boom or bust potential when it comes to quarterbacks. Tyler, you mentioned it last week. You think Trevor Lawrence is probably the safest pick of all the rookie quarterbacks in Dynasty, and that's probably the same way when it comes to redraft fantasy football as well. I just think there's no way he's a complete bust, especially with how complete of a skill set he has coming out of college. His weapons concern me a little He doesn't have the most talented offense around him outside of maybe the running back position, having James Robinson and Travis Etienne, but running backs don't normally help quarterbacks. They normally hurt quarterbacks when it comes to stats and fantasy. So we'll see. He should be drafted as a backup, but there's a chance that he turns some of these mediocre wide receivers into someone better quarterbacks that are elite can do that. I just, you can't draft him higher in hopes just because he's a rookie and there's so many other safe options to go before him at 16. So my reasoning for having him so high, I talked about it earlier in the draft that my early quarterbacks, I want to be safe and consistent. My late quarterbacks, I want to have that high ceiling and who has a higher ceiling than the guy drafted number one overall. They do still have that potential for points. I mean, we started Gardner Minshew in fantasy, and we don't think Gardner Minshew is anywhere close to as good as Trevor Lawrence. But we still started him in fantasy because that offense still does have that potential to put up points, Um, especially because the Jaguars are usually behind in games because they suck. Uh, So Trevor Lawrence should be able to step right in there, get the points that uh, Gardner was getting, plus some and if you're going to take a QB to take the guy that has that higher floor or higher ceiling potential, the guy that can break out. And I think Trevor Lawrence is that guy. I still like, I do like you being bold on some of these guys, especially as QB twos. Cause you got to think a lot of times they're not even going to touch your starting roster besides a bye week But if you find the 
you know, diamond in the rough, they could end up being a starter for you the whole year. So not a bad move. Um, number 17 is a guy I think has a breakout potential compared to last season. That's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz moving to a new team in Indianapolis. Cody and I have him at 16. Tyler down at 19. Yep. I just look back to his 2017 stats because that was the last time he played with Frank Reich. He was the offensive coordinator of the Eagles at that point. He then went on to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. The seven interceptions seem to be a, about right for where Carson once was in that normal in that middle part of his career. 33 touchdowns is far beyond as many as he threw at any point in his career. If he can get him back to taking care of the ball, working on his mechanics to avoid the throwing interceptions, Carson Wentz immediately jumps back up to that borderline top 10 quarterback in my eyes. Cause when he was playing those middle three years in his career after his rookie year and before that disaster last year, he was only throwing seven interceptions a year, throwing for over 3000 yards and he was fairly consistent. So I, there's a chance he jumps right back up if he gets into a system that he trusts and it's with a coach that he's already worked with before. Uh, my only argument with you, George, is and the reason I have him 19 is weapons. Um, is Michael Pittman really a number one receiver? Jury's still out. I don't believe he is. Some do. Uh, T.Y. Hilton doesn't have what he used to have. Uh, uh, Paris... Campbell, Paris Campbell. I was blanking on his last name. Paris Campbell, again, I don't think he's that flashy. After that, they have Zach Pascal, Desmond Patton, uh, JJ Nelson. Like, really, no weapons that really jump off the screen to me. Uh, they really haven't had decent weapons since T.Y. Hilton's been good. Um, for a while, and they never seem to address it. It blows my mind every year. That's the only reason I don't have him higher, but I do think that if those guys step forward, uh, if they can get to the next level, I do think that he has that potential to uh, be a borderline top 10 quarterback, especially with the breaking news that just happened of Deshaun Hamilton being waived by the Broncos, which is more of a surprising move. Uh, there is another receiver out on the market that somebody like Tannehill or Carson Wentz could be thrown to this year that could really help them out. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to our number 18 quarterback. Try to keep this moving. You know, you and Cody both have this guy ranked 18, so it's perfect fitting that he's there. I have him as high as 15 and that's Kirk cousins. Uh, the reason why I have him ranked so high, I do know he busts in primetime games. I've seen it, but do we have Justin Jefferson ranked as a high wide receiver this year? Absolutely. He's one of the top 10 receivers. Do we have Adam Thielen still ranked as a top wide receiver? Absolutely. We have him very high. So if we have two wide receivers in the top 20 for wide receiver rankings, why wouldn't we have the quarterback in the top 20? I mean, someone's throwing him them the ball, and it's going to be Cousins. I think as long as he has those two studs uh, playing wide receiver for that team, he has that potential for big points, and that's why I have Kirk Cousins as high as 15 on my board. Um, let me just say, while you were talking about that, I had to go in and look at the uh, schedule for the the Vikings and see how many primetime games they have. The answer is four from my look, but three of them are in the last, what is that, one, two, three, five weeks of the regular season. They could get flexed out if the Vikings are not good. 
So don't freak out, but he could end up being a solid one o'clock quarterback for you in the uh, early parts of the season. And then you either dump him in a trade or you just hope those games get flexed out because in the fantasy playoffs, if you have Kirk Cousins playing for your team in prime time, you got a problem. Absolutely, George. I do agree with you there. Let's go ahead and move on to number 19. We got old man, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I don't have him in my top 20. I have him ranked 21. Cody has him at 20. You have him at 19. Um, I don't know. I, I don't love his weapons he has there. Chase Claypool uh, could take a step forward. He looked pretty good last year. Big Ben is just kind of a blah guy. If you need a backup quarterback, there's worse options. So Big Ben makes sense. But he's not the guy that I think you're going to want to start throwing your starting um, quarterback spot and rely on. So he is a very vanilla quarterback too at 19. He could end up being a guy you see on the waiver wire mid year. And he happens to have a good matchup when you have a bye week scheduled from what I understand, Pittsburgh seems to have a pretty gravy schedule for the first part of the year, like last year. So could be a good bye week filling in those middle right of the regular season weeks. Number 20. I wish Cody was here to explain his ranking on this one. Because Tyler and I both do not have this guy in our top 20. We both have him at 22. Cody all the way up at 17. And that's our favorite nickname in the NFL, Danny Pennies, Daniel Jones. Um, the only thing I can come up with is the Giants did add a lot of weapons around Daniel Jones, drafting Kadarius Tony, signing Kenny Galladay. And it's basically his last chance to prove himself as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So Cody must think that he's going to make a step up, making him that, you know, very fitting backup quarterback in fantasy. Tyler and I do not agree. <laughs> yeah. Just to give you a little bit of a idea of what the giants are working with on offense. They have Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, John Ross, Kadarius, Tony Sterling Shepard, Dante Pettis, all at, wide receiver great names right there they have obviously uh saquon barkley at running back um they took a sixth round quarterback gary brightwell who could be a receiving back uh they then also have uh evan engram and kyle rudolph at tight end he's got plenty to throw to just like we were saying with matt ryan if you can't succeed now with these weapons you're not gonna succeed and you gotta go um i just I think he's going to go. I don't think Daniel Jones really has that ability to um, shine even with these guys. I still think he's a vanilla quarterback. I think he could be better than Matt Stafford and with his blah 13 points that he puts up. Like, ooh, exciting. Uh, I think he could potentially be better than Matt Stafford, but honestly, I don't think Daniel Jones is even worth drafting in my opinion. There's worse quarterback twos, but he could ride free agency and it wouldn't bother me. And I think a good thing to do before we go here is obviously with consensus rankings, there's going to be a couple of guys who were in our personal top 20s that did not make the consensus top 20. And there's actually one guy who made two of our top 20s, but did not make the final top 20 consensus. And that would have to be Justin Fields. Tyler had him at 18. I had him at 20. Cody all the way down at 25. So I think just the two of us are being a little bit bullish on a quarterback who should be starting. We would hope from day one, but I think there's actually talks that he could end up sitting for a few weeks behind Andy Dalton. 
And hopefully that Bears team completely changes with him at quarterback because he's more talented than anyone that they might have had in their franchise history, it seems like at this point. Yeah, Justin Fields has the mobile ability. And anytime you have a quarterback with that running ability, we have him ranked higher. Uh, He has the weapons with Allen Robinson. Uh, He has Darnell Mooney, which is one of my favorite wide receivers coming into this year. But we will get into that once we get to wide receiver rankings and sleepers. Um, Justin Fields just has that ability to take that step up. And if you're wondering if he's going to be good or not, I don't know if this is actually going to answer your question or if this is any help at all. But go look at the pictures taken of every quarterback drafted in round one. And you will see that all of them are big, bright smiles. They're excited. They are happy, except one, Justin Fields. He looks pissed in every one of his pictures. Uh, he has, I heard rumors that he had, like made a list of all the teams that passed on him. And he like, looks at it every single day since then. This guy is pissed that he fell that far. He believes he is a top five quarterback or a top five pick in the draft, and he fell as far as he did. He is going to want to go out there and prove a point. He's going to want to show that everybody who passed on him made a mistake. And I think that he is going to go out there and light things on fire. The only reason that he might not succeed is because his head coach is Matt Nagy. Not thrilled with that. If Justin Fields gets that starting job, which he might have to sit for a week or two, but if he's your number two quarterback, you're not going to start him in the first week or two anyway, so who cares? Uh, If he has to sit for a week or two, he'll come in, he'll play with some fire. I think that Justin Fields has a potential breakout this year. And I mean, what we're thinking as we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger is a vanilla quarterback. Daniel Jones is a vanilla quarterback. When you're that far down in the draft and you're taking your back a quarterback, it's that late. There's nothing wrong with taking a bit of a risk and seeing if you can happen to hit on the next big guy. And that very well could be Justin Fields if he gets the starting nod. And another guy who we did not talk about, and he's got a lot of legal issues. You don't know if he's going to play for the Texans. You don't know if he's going to play for someone else is Deshaun Watson, and Tyler did put him at number 20 on his board. And it makes sense. I mean, we're going to learn a lot more before we do fantasy drafts. There's a lot of times you're not doing a redraft fantasy draft this early in the offseason. We're going to keep compiling info throughout, and if he, it is trending that he's going to start for the Texans, he's going to jump a lot higher than 20. He could be a top 10 quarterback because we know he's successful and he's been successful in fantasy before. So great move there just to put him on your board and put him on our radar because we cannot forget that he's there. Absolutely, George. You know, you can't forget that when Deshaun Watson starts, he is a top three quarterback. Like he is one of the best in the league. He is a guy that you throw in there and he can change the game for you because he puts up that kind of stats. And Deshaun Watson, yeah, we don't know if he's going to play. He might never play in the NFL again with all his legal issues. It's possible, but if you're taking him, like I have him ranked 20, if you're taking him as your quarterback two, worst case scenario, you cut him. If he's your quarterback two, who cares? Like usually the person you draft as your backups, you're going to end up cutting at some point anyway. You draft them because you hope they hit, but if they don't, you replace them. It's not a big deal. I don't recommend him as your quarterback one, but I don't think he's going to be drafted as your quarterback one. 
But if you can get him as your quarterback too, wait through those legal issues, see if he is going to start, you might have just found a gem. You could either keep him, make him your starter, trade whoever you drafted as your first guy to somebody who has a quarterback injury, get something good out of him, or you know, just keep him, stash him, and play him when you want to in the good matchups, get those points. He's a guy that's worth looking at. And one of my biggest advice, George said it earlier, I'm going to touch on it a little bit more here real quick, is do not play fantasy with your emotions. Now, I know that Deshaun Watson's legal issues may be hard to talk about. It's definitely some, I mean, it could be rumors. It could be false allegations. Uh, it's hard to say. We don't have all the evidence. We uh, He is not proven guilty, not proven innocent, so you can't make a judgment one way or the other. But... I understand that he may or may not have done some really bad things. So you might say, I don't want him on my team because of that. It's the same thing with Michael Vick when he came back from the dogfighting allegations. There's a lot of people that didn't want to touch him because of what he did. But just because you play him in fantasy doesn't mean you support what he did. It's a game. You're just going for points. You go for who you think is going to get you the most points just because you drafted Michael Vick and started him does not mean you supported what he did. It just means you're trying to win a fantasy championship and have some fun. Um, you don't have to root for the guy since he's on your team. Every year I draft Texans. I draft Jaguars. I draft Colts. I draft Cowboys, Patriots, people that I hate as a football fan. I don't like rooting for them at all. But I know they can get you points, so you get them on your fantasy team. So do not play this with your heart. Play it with your head. You know that Watson has the potential to be huge, so go out there and snag him as your quarterback, too, if he is available. All right, guys, with all that said, there will be more advice coming later in the season as we get closer to fantasy drafts. There's going to be plenty of it. Other quarterbacks you want to look at, there is the potential that Jared Goff is a decent vanilla number two. Uh, we do still have Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, the other rookies that have that potential to break out. If you're looking for a guy with weapons, Zach Wilson has it. He has receivers to throw to. If you're looking for a guy in the best situation, uh, Zach Wil I mean, Trey Lance might be on the best team of all the teams that took a rookie quarterback. So those are some other guys with some potential breakouts that you could look at as your quarterback too. Our rankings will probably shift a little bit as we get closer to the season. More reports come out. Some people win some battles, lose some battles. But that's our rankings. Feel free to let us know how you would rank them. Please let me know your opinions on Matt Stafford. Are you are you with me? Do you think that he is just blah and not worth taking? Or do you think that he is actually better than I'm giving credit for? Do you think he's really good like these other guys are saying? Uh, let us know. Let us know what your rankings are. Let us know some of your man cave items. Let us know what you thought it was like not having Cody here. How different was it? Um, basically, what I'm saying is get involved. How much better was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I say it every week, guys. Get involved, <laughs> especially now that we have the website. Go and check it out, couchgms.com. Um, and yeah, it, this podcast is a lot more fun for us and a lot more fun for you when you get involved. So please do so. More big things are coming, guys. Uh, keep listening. Thank you one more time for listening into this week's episode of the Couch GMs podcast. Visit us online at, uh, at thecouchgms.com. And for Tyler Snyder, I'm George Kurth, and we will see you all next week. Boom.